You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Tane. And I'm Aid, and this is Alter Call, a Married at First Sight podcast. Hello. Hi, Aid. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Tane? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's been a okay, decent week, there to say. We're alive. We're healthy. So I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. There's a lot going on in the world. Anybody in Isn't... New York, New Jersey, New Orleans, Mississippi, Alabama, hearts are with you. We're we're really sorry how things are, and we hope uh, power is restored and things are better soon. Yeah. You know, when you said there's a lot going on in the world, I remembered a tweet I saw that said, "It's been two years nonstop, and we've not had a pause button." Like, I still maintain that the world is ending. We just don't know it. <laughs> so maybe we do. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> I don't think the world is ending. <laughs> I feel like at any point around the corner, relief is coming. But I mean, it's really not. <laughs> I mean, it could be just your optimism. <laughs> because you say relief is coming. I'm just like, what's next? I don't want to put my head around the corner because I don't know. Nobody had a lot of the things that are happening on their bingo card. So. <laughs> oh, oh, man. But you know what? Maps keeps on chugging along. And I appreciate that. <laughs> yes, we do. Thank you, Maps, for being a constant. Like, pandemic, what's that? We're still going to have a season out for you, you know? <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. All right, guys. Um, so, so next week we're going to be off. Um, but because we're going to be off, we are going to post the love is blind episode that we did for our patrons on Patreon. Um, so to get more of our bonus episodes, including stuff like when we just decide to cover a show, cause we feel like it, um, you can go on patreon.com slash altar call M-A-F-S. And we will be back with a regular show on Friday the 17th. And also on our Patreon every week, we have a recap of Unfiltered and Couples Cam. So check us out. 
Unfiltered has been coming in hot. Coming in hot. I actually love that song. Like, a lot of the songs that get way too popular on TikTok, I don't like. But that one I do like. (laughs) It's appropriate for so many (laughs) situations. (sighs) Okay, so talking of coming in hot, what's going on on social media? Well, more like warm, not quite hot. But like A just mentioned, I mean, Hurricane Ida has been going on in New Orleans. And, you know, we had a season there. So some of our couples just following up with them. It looks like Karen and Miles and Henry went to Austin um, to evacuate from the hurricane. It looks like Olivia stayed put, as did uh, Bennett. But they're okay. Everyone's doing fine. And I think Woody and Amani went to Houston. So glad to know that everyone's doing okay. I don't know what happened to Brett. But... I saw on Instagram, because it really made me laugh. Miles came to Austin and was looking for a do-rag. <laughs> he looked at, like, Target. He looked at Walmart. He looked at all these places. And then Whole Foods came through for him. And he was like... <laughs> Whole Foods? Whole Foods has a do-rag? Me personally, I mean, I just wouldn't... Ne- All the places that he searched, I'm like, New Orleans must be a different city because the only place I'll search for a do-rag is the beauty supply store. I would never trust any other store to have one. So I was like, maybe New Orleans, they actually have it in all the stores. <laughs> That's funny. I would never have thought Whole Foods would be here come through. But good for you. Um, speaking of Miles and Karen, um, someone sent Karen a hateful message. I don't understand. It's been two years since they got married. Get over it. They're fine now. But the message was like, why are you sitting so far from your husband all the time? You're embarrassing black love and black women. Miles deserves way better. What is wrong with people? I know I say this all the time, but really, what is wrong with people? I don't know. But I also don't really understand posting your hate mail. (laughs) (laughs) It's not going to make crazy people send you less messages. That is true, but I do understand, like, I mean, I don't know that anybody, when you're a pseudo-celebrity, you, you probably just have a breaking point, or you're just having a bad day, and you're just like, what the fuck? So, you know, maybe that's what happened. I don't know. I, I'm not criticizing. I really just am like, but what do you get out of it? Everybody gets upset on your behalf because they're normal human beings, unlike the Joker who sent you that message. So I, I'm not sure what the gain is. That's why I'm like, why do they do that? Yeah. I know why Erica Jane does it because she wants everybody to feel sorry for her, <laughs> but I don't know why anybody else does it. Man, let's not talk about Erica Jane. <laughs> but um, Ashley from Chicago um was sick this week, and she and her girls were down, and she was not sure if it was COVID because she couldn't smell anything. She went and got a whole bunch of stuff, couldn't smell, couldn't taste, and she was congested. But she got a bunch of COVID tests and she was negative. But she's vaccinated, so she thinks she's going to be okay. So they feel better now. But that was just what happened during the week. Um, We had a bunch of anniversaries. Jeff D and Shawnee's had their fourth year anniversary and had the cutest photo shoot with little Laura, who you know is one of my faves. And it was very cute. And I'm just like... I just wish your marriage would be as cute as your photo. Is that mean? (laughs) No, it's not mean. It's the same thing I think. But I am, you know what? Congratulations to them for making it four years because none of us would have guessed it. 
Girl, at this point, I just think they deserve to last. Like, they've just put in so much work. My God. So I hope it works out for them. And I hope, again, for real, like, it's, uh, you know, sticks. And Vincent and Brianna, one-year anniversary. And I'm just like, dang, just the only couple, you know, <laughs> that survived Atlanta. And I think I saw something online, which I don't think I ever realized, that it seems like the breakup between Clara and Ryan was Ryan's choice. I don't where, know. Where did you see that? Um, I, I think it was Mouse Fan, but I don't. I'm not quite sure, but I think it was. It was just a comment in the story just saying, like, it seems like it was his choice and she seems heartbroken. But, again, with them, I don't think we're ever going to know what happened. Because, again, we keep saying it's very abrupt, but the minute I read it, it made sense. Like, I can I can see Ryan just calling it off. So, it, Clara was all in. So Hopefully, I, we get an interview. Once they're broken up, it always felt like the vow of silence was on his end. So, I feel like Clara will be eventually talking i don't know i feel bad for saying i hope so (laughs) oh i hope so and i don't feel bad either you put your whole relationship on tv if you don't want to that's fine but if you do it i'll be there to listen okay and zach we are going to talk about this episode and i've always thought they weren't allowed to speak but based on chris last year i thought it was an anomaly but zach well, buried deep inside the comments about what happened in last night's episode, Zach um, said something about Michaela knew where he was going and that we should watch Unfiltered because it clears it up and we have to stop justifying certain behavior because it's unhealthy for relationships. So I can't wait for your Unfiltered recap to see if he really does clear it up. But yeah. He provides, yes, he addresses it on Unfiltered, yes. Okay. Can't wait to hear. And on Patreon, finally, on Patreon, people. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, you guys know I'm always keeping tabs on Haley's travels, but this week she is in Alabama, and that's all I have for social media. I really like where in the world is Haley Harris. I know. Even I am excited. I realized that I didn't know where she was, and I was like. <gasps> Where's Haley this week? For someone I didn't particularly like, I'm interested to know where she is. It's fun. (laughs) Living vicariously through Haley, though, I really don't have much of a desire to go to Alabama. Um, (laughs) Alrighty then. So, glad to see everybody is off living life. Really actually happy to hear that our New Orleans folks were able to successfully evacuate. All right. How did you feel about this week's episode? I quite enjoyed it. These people are still providing lots of things. They're very interesting people, all of them. Yes. I'm sorry, <laughs> except for Bram Ryan. Okay. <laughs> I was about to step in like, ah, you know. <laughs> I did enjoy the episode also. I think everybody is giving what you expect from them. Everyone, you know, is in their corner. But I will say what was missing for me is I usually always enjoy Pastor Cal's visits. And I always feel like, okay, yeah, Pastor Cal dropping the truth. But I didn't get that this time. I think half the time I was like, what are you saying, Pastor Cal? I mean, I do that all the time regardless. But it didn't hit like it used to in previous seasons. I actually disagree. Okay. I would say his number of hits was less. Okay. He had a couple. There were a couple times when I was like, yes, Pastor Cal. 
Like, even when, I'll be honest, when I'm taking notes and the experts come on to talk, I rarely, I don't think I ever write it down. Um, I did once or twice this episode, but usually I just skip right over that. So the fact that I was even listening to what Pastor Cal had to say, you know, I was like, oh, an expert that I'm paying attention to. <laughs> okay. Maybe as we recount it, our real, my, my, rec- my memory recollection has failed me. But yeah, that was my first initial thought was like, usually I'm so excited and Pastor Kyle is my favorite expert, but like, I was like, huh, but we'll see. All right. Should we get into it with Rachel and Jose? Go for it. All right. So they move in to their apartment and are hugging each other and marveling at how cute the apartment is. And I got to tell you guys, I think this is the cutest apartment that Mass has ever had. What do you think, Aid? Um, these are really nice. I was trying to figure out, was those double ovens or was it an oven and a microwave? If it was double yeah. ovens, this is the nicest apartments they've ever had. Ever. The only reason I know it's a double oven is when Merla got in, she said double oven. And I was like, oh, I didn't even see that. But yeah. Oh, wonderful. So, I looked up the address. They're <laughs> in the medical center, which is a really nice yeah. part of Houston. Have you done a drive-by? No, but I probably <laughs> will. should and report back but yeah it was really nice and jose mentions that he doesn't believe in dishwashers because he does dishes himself same jose i I I want to say it's an ignorant thing (laughs) i know i I wash my dishes then i put them in the dishwasher to sanitize (laughs) but i'm not too mad um, because there was a time when i did i was also like you and jose i just hand washed my dishes but a few years ago i was like you know it's not so bad to do a final, final cleaning. I uh, I wanted to say like a lot of immigrants don't use the dishwasher, but I didn't want to stereotype and I didn't want to paint a wide brush. Maybe just speak for myself. So no, <laughs> but, I'm uh, here at my parents' house where where they don't use the dishwasher. It drives me crazy. Please continue. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically a drying rack. <laughs> so. Rachel says that moving in together, she hopes that it means two lives merging together. And I have to hold myself from saying, duh. I mean, what else does moving in together mean? <laughs> but she she knows that Jose thinks that she's perfect or near perfect. But she knows that she has bad habits that might rub him the wrong way. So we'll see. So they moved in. They're done with their tour. They're sitting on the couch drinking beers. And Rachel tells Jose that she thinks that she's going to go to the gym at 5 a.m. in the morning. And I wasn't sure why Jose had a look on his face. I was like, she's just going to the gym. What's strange about that? But then he knows something we don't know. Because the first question he asks is, so what time is your alarm going to be set for? She's like, four. And then he goes, let me just ask, how many alarms are you going to have? And she says four. Then he asks, how many minutes apart? And she says 15. And I'm just cracking up laughing at this point because I was like, they really know each other. (laughs) He was already alarmed at the fact that she was going to the gym at five. So he knew. So Jose asked her, why are you doing all that versus just setting up one alarm and waking up? And I'm like, there are two types of people in the world, Jose. Like, people who can wake up once, once they hear their alarm. And people who need, like, 500 and still don't wake up, actually. <laughs> I was so, horrified. I'm still horrified. Why would you expect someone to sit through your 4 a.m.? Four, oh, that's, oh, that's terrible. That is terrible. It's not even like it's 9 a.m. It's 
4 a.m. That's the that's not that's the middle of the night. It is. I'm a light sleeper, so that would drive me nuts. So Jose tells us that he's not looking forward to all of the alarms going off, and it's now hitting home the life of being in a married couple. Rachel tells him, well, you're just going to have to suffer through my alarms. So, and that's that. So, um, just to give an overview, this week's episode is about, you know, the expert visiting, namely Pastor Cal, and also them moving into their apartment. So they each have to visit each other's houses. So Rachel goes to Jose's house and she does call it, you know, possibly her new home. Because, you know, that's what Jose wants, but she's not there yet because she wants them to move to a home that they can call theirs. He's giving her a tour and Jose has a flare up of his Napoleon complex because he's over explaining every single thing in that house. And then he says it and then he punctuates it with, it's nice, right? I'm like, okay. You're already hyping yourself up and then you want the validation on top of it. And, you know, Rachel is she's gracious. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they walk by and we see a whiteboard of his expenses. And I want to add that I don't think that's weird. I'm People for- have done an analysis on that board and it's not weird except for the fact that it doesn't make no sense. Maybe Jose understands it, but like, it just doesn't make much sense. There's like numbers and then there's savings and then there's it's, it's just not very decipherable. I mean, I saw his expenses, <laughs> and I'm good to know he cut the cord. He uses Fubo TV. I noticed that. So he has those expenses there, and then he has his investments there. So I don't know. Maybe he cleaned it up for TV. But I only saw the expenses. So I was like, oh, that's not weird. Just want to know what it is this month. Rachel is scarily staring at it. And Jose says, oh, I know you mentioned you have something similar. She's like, oh, no, 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 no. No, I don't. I just have a calendar and I don't write anything about my money. I don't know why he thought (laughs) she had something. She just told you I'm not good with money. (laughs) So Jose tells her, like, you know, you want to get something like this and I'm going to help you. And I just want to sidebar that. I know, like, I give Jose a lot of crap. But I think that he thinks about what he wants to say before he says it to her, like hesitating before he speaks. Like, I don't want to say the wrong thing or I don't want to control you, but I really think you should do this. Does that that make sense what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think he gives thought and he's just not blurting it out. Rachel tells us that he's very strict when it comes to his budget and she doesn't know if she can fit into that. That, we you know, we work hard and splurging every now and then isn't a big deal. And then they went to commercial. And I just want to add, um, Ada's mentioned this earlier, about this Lifetime movie, Harry and Meghan Escaping the Palace. <laughs> and I caught a sneak peek of it, which they treated us to. And I had no idea that Prince Harry was Irish. I'm saying this because the guy playing Harry sounds Irish. <laughs> like, this will also come up in a very <laughs> unique way. That we've never seen before on Unfiltered. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so anyways, they come back from commercial. And this time, Jose is in Rachel's apartment. And he says, oh, it smells nice. And we find out that they both like candles. Rachel says she wants Jose to see that she can be neat and tidy. But Jose walks into five empty water jugs on the floor, just in the corner in her kitchen. And Rachel explains that this was from the ice storms. 
Does this track with the timing? When were the ice storms? In the ice storms were like January. No, I'm sorry, not January. February. I want to say February like 15th or something. Okay. Somewhere in the February teens, which is confusing to me because they got married on January 31st and it's supposed to be 10 days later. So maybe it was a different ice storm. Hmm. And I didn't think the water drugs were that big of a deal. I'm like, why is he going? <laughs> so <laughs> silly. So Jose mentions that he can see the hoarding tendencies. Like if it were him, he would have discarded it. He wasn't mean about it like someone would have been Johnny. But he just, just like, if it were me, that's what I would have done. So she's showing him her purses, her makeup, and she keeps pencils from everywhere that she has traveled to. I've never seen that before, but it's kind of cool. And Jose just looks petrified. In my mind, I saw him wearing yellow rubber gloves with trash bags, just clearing out <laughs> everything in her house, scrubbing, cleaning her place, and just getting it right. But he was just restraining himself. So... They sit down in the living room and she shows him a globe that she has and he has like uh, different countries like written on corks, like wine corks or whatever. And she says when she's ready to travel, she just pulls one out. Where do I want to go? They're all places that she wants to go to and she pulls one out and she just travels there. That's something else that I think is really cool. And then she asks Jose if he can be that spontaneous and they're laughing, and Jose, who miraculously hasn't broken out in hives, just says, yeah, no, I can't. So, <laughs> good for, <laughs> for being honest. <laughs> Meanwhile, Jose tells us that, listen, she likes to travel, and I get that, but I just didn't know that it was this extreme, and traveling is a lot of money. I, I'm sick of these men. <laughs> oh, man. So, it's time for their sit-down with Pastor Cal, and I see that Pastor Cal got some new glasses. Okay. And Rachel tells Pastor Cal that she can't wipe the smile of her face. And she's so grateful. And Jose says that this feeling is why he got married at first sight. And they're sitting side by side and they're holding hands. And Pastor Cal asks if they foresee things that they need to be careful for. Jose brings up finances and she mentioned something about going to Europe. Before I get confused, we suddenly get a flashback of that morning where they're talking about going to Europe. I think Rachel was like, oh, are you ready to go to Europe with me? And Jose is like, um, your car is a hot mess. Like, what's more important, you know, a car that takes you to work or a $3,000 Euro trip? What do you think about that, Abe? Because I was torn. <laughs> Later on, I'm going to take a different stance. <gasps> but it's because the circumstances are different. Yeah. I think Jose is probably closer to right than she is. <laughs> like, yeah. he's not saying, like, stop spending money on European trips for no reason. He's like, your car is falling apart. Maybe you should buy a new one. Like, we want to buy a house together. Like, I feel like he has real goals of what he'd like to do with this money if she doesn't spend it on Europe. But, you know, yeah. you know, Pastor Cal will give them some advice, and I think that's the, the route they should go. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think I agree with you. I think if she was more financially responsible, then maybe there's a balance or whatever, but she has things she needs to take care of. But yeah, Pastor Cal suddenly tells him that, you know, Jose thinks too much. <laughs> that was funny. And then he was like, Jose is the science and Rachel is the art. 
However, she's going to bring life and fun to him. And Jose can't snuff that. They have to balance each other out. And he asks about their affection and if they have consummated their marriage. And they surprisingly say, yes, of course. I'm like, what do you mean, of course? Last time we saw you, you hadn't. And you were telling him, if you don't throw it down, I'm going to be worried. But Pascal is happy about that. I'm happy for them. I'm sure Aid was happy for them. We all were happy for them. And that's how we can tell they're faking us out. Ah, maybe. Because last week they were trying to make sex an issue. And this week they're like, oh, we had sex. I was like, ah, you guys are just looking for problems to taunt us with. Rachel says that, you know, she's scared about it because if they do it too soon, will it blur things? And can things be this easy? Because it feels easy. But Pascal tells her not to put the brakes on it. And they were matched. And this is exactly how it should happen. And everybody's happy and everyone's smiling. And that's all we got for Rachel and Jose. I still, I think they're having a good old time. They're a good couple. They don't have real problems. They just have things that they need to work on. That are going to be, like, really exaggerated this whole season. Agreed. Agreed. And I I, I need to stop being surprised by them. I've said (laughs) that before, but I'm still surprised by them. I said I wasn't going to be anymore. But I'm just, I'm happy for them, most especially for Rachel. Because I was just convinced this girl was going to get her heart broken, shattered to pieces. But good for them. I hope they keep up this trajectory. All righty. On to Michaela and Zach. So we get a selfie video of Zach and he's talking about how he was in a resort for five days and he's really excited to leave. I didn't realize five days was long enough to cure you from COVID, but I don't, I'll be honest, I don't know how long it takes to cure from COVID, but apparently he's been testing negative. So he's allowed to get on a plane and go back to Houston. We get a selfie video of Michaela and she is starting to pack to move in and she talks about how she's missed Zach. Then we get another selfie video of Zach in a car, and he's telling us that he told Michaela that he's still testing positive, even though he's negative, because he wants to surprise her. So he knocks on the door with the camera crew, which is weird because we can see them. (laughs) (laughs) And he has flowers, and she's so excited and so happy to see him. And she says, are you serious? You knew this was going to be a thing? And I didn't really know what that meant. (laughs) I was just wondering who she thought it was when she opened the door without looking at the people. <laughs> I think she knew it was a filming thing, but she didn't know he was there. So that's ah. why she was like that. Oh, okay. no. Michaela says being apart sucked and it's been a hard lesson to learn. Um, she says that she's excited to see him, but they haven't gone to see each other. So it makes her nervous. And he meets her dog and she says that they're going to be together for the next 10 to 12 years. She's talking about the dog, I guess, because, you know, the dog is going to pass away. It's kind of dark, actually. Um, (laughs) (laughs) He looks around her place and she already has a framed picture of them. And it's a really nice picture. Yeah. She also has a one week gift for him that was really nice. I think it was alcohol and stuff. It was in a beautiful box with like the the thing. I don't know what the thing is. The gift presentation was impeccable. Yeah. He says it feels really good to hug and kiss her and that they have a lot of making up to do. And he makes a joke about how he doesn't deserve all this stuff. And she says, no, you don't. (laughs) They talk about their dogs getting along. Their dogs' names are Bella and Nova. And I want five points for even remembering such a thing. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Ding, 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 ding. (laughs) 
they're worried will the dogs be friends because they're big dogs and she's super excited to see a new family dynamic so they move into the apartment the very nice apartment um and michaela says it's her first time moving with a man and that they're both not experienced in relationships it's all foreshadowing by the way (laughs) (laughs) set up (laughs) they talk about what time she goes to bed and she basically doesn't have a bedtime And Zach is very positive. He thinks they'll get along great. And then I think, I can't remember if they've had this conversation before, but they have the, I wonder what our first fight is going to be like conversation. Yeah. They've had it before. (laughs) Okay. Thank you for the reminder. She says she's not the type to be like, I'm leaving. She says it's abusive. It's emotionally abusive. Please take a note. Take a note. (laughs) Zach says he's looking forward to their first fight. I always find it strange when people say that. I assume he's looking forward to getting through it and maybe make up sex because I can't imagine why you would look forward to conflict. Um, it brings you closer. Okay. <laughs> I'm just making up shit. I don't know. It just sounds positively <laughs> gleeful. Like, I can't wait for us to fight. And I'm like, but why? Um, uh, then they have the overhead cameras. And, like, this is a proud maps tradition of the overhead cameras. But I was like, am I watching Dateline? Are we going to see, you know, <laughs> Dateline? There's, like, the, the security camera. You see somebody, like, cleaning the house or dragging the dead body on the <laughs> security camera. Mm-hmm. The ominous music playing. <laughs> we see a timestamp of 7.15, and we see Zach leaving. And then we see Michaela... Raging out at the toilet paper on the Clorox wipes like we saw in the preview. She wanders around being like, Zach, Zach, where are you? But she doesn't find him because he's not there. And she tells us that he didn't tell her where he was going. He's not answering calls or texts. And at some point it says one hour later, which is not actually very helpful later on. Because you don't know, we don't know what time she woke up. Unless I missed that timestamp. Yeah, that's true. So we don't know exactly what time she left, but she packed up, she took her, they look like those giant Ikea shopping bags and mm-hmm. she had like two or three of them and she left. Right. So, After <laughs> saying, I would never leave because it's abusive. <laughs> oh my goodness. So they have their Pastor Cal meeting. So we see them on the couch. They could not be any further apart on this couch. She does offer him a beer. We hear it. We don't see it. She's like, do you want a beer? And then we see them. And Michaela's on her phone. She's not looking at Zach. And he asks if she's okay. And she says, I'm fine. In a way that she's clearly not fine. She says she's back because they have the meeting with Pastor Cal. And she's frustrated that he left. She says that in an interview. And then she's like, you really want to know? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. So I think he wants to know. And then he starts explaining. He's like, I fell asleep in the other room. He woke up at 7 a.m. He had to take Bella to daycare. You guys, I'm sorry. Like, I don't usually use this type of language, especially together. Like, as a person who was raised in church, like, I don't really say these words. But for you guys, I want you to have a direct quote. You a goddamn liar. You a goddamn motherfucking liar. (laughs) (laughs) With enough venom to kill somebody (laughs) is how she said it. And I mean, they bleeped it out, but it really wasn't hard to figure out what she said. (laughs) 
Yep. She's, She's like, you a goddamn lie. I was like, you know, like, it's just, I don't really understand people who speak to other people like that. Yeah. Not, and I say other people, like your actual partner or spouse, like, no. Yeah. I think for me, it's in general, people who don't have a reign over their emotions, it bothers me. Like, how do you not have control over that? Like, why just raw? I don't know. It's very strange to me. I am glad that I wasn't, like, it's not that I wasn't a Michaela fan, but I was like, she's a lot. And she's kind of, she's very much proving me right. I like being right. So (laughs) (laughs) she says he never communicated. And he's like, it wasn't on purpose. She's like, why couldn't you text? And he's like, you think I did this on purpose? Like, why would I do that? And she says to him, I think you make your decisions on your own. You're very good at it. It's endearing and it's irritating. And he's like, you don't make decisions too? And he, he's like very confused or I don't know. I, he's, he seems confused. He says, you thought I was gone for forever? And Michaela says, well, if you're going to make decisions and Zach says it's a rash decision to leave. Um, <laughs> and he, she's like, he left without saying goodbye. You never came back. He says he came back at 9.15. We get another, you a goddamn liar. The timeline is very sketch. And they're really doing us dirty here because we don't know if he was back at 9.15 or not. Listen, Aid, I don't know what Zach was saying or if it made sense. Whatever he said, not a huge fan of Michaela, but I got to get with her. He a goddamn lie. <laughs> All I know is he was lying. I don't know what the story is. I don't know where he fell asleep. Was it in the car? Was it in no, the he room? fell asleep in the other bedroom. The dog's like, or at least his dog was in the other room. So he went to go put his dog to sleep and he says he fell asleep there. And then he woke up at seven and took her out. And we do have video that he was at the apartment at 7.15. So we know he didn't okay. leave till 7.15. Oh, okay. So she was mad that he just, yeah, but 7.15 to 9.15 to go, well, it is Houston. <laughs> to go drop your dog into daycare? And you, I, you might have stopped I mean, for coffee on the way. I, I really, I'm not even sure if he's lying or telling the truth. I mean, his explanation in Unfiltered is reasonable, but honestly, his explanation here is somewhat reasonable. I, I, I only became suspicious when he said, I can't talk about this anymore. I have to move on. I couldn't tell if that was like a conflict resolution or a, I, I'm, I'm just not talking about this because I don't want to. Funny enough, that's the part I understand. If you feel like you're talking to a brick wall, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to expend my energy when you're being completely unreasonable. It's just that he seemed like he was lying. I guess for me, it was just, why didn't, again, I don't, I haven't watched Unfiltered, but why wouldn't you just send a text saying, I went to go drop the dog at the daycare? That's all. I get that part. I the think spoiler. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's what he said in Unfiltered is that he did text her. Uh-uh. So Michaela just crazy. Or he's lying. We don't know. I mean, let me just go back. I think he's lying. <laughs> it's actually great because both can be true at the same time. I'm, I'm, I feel bad I keep on using the word crazy, but I don't know how else to describe someone who behaves like this. And she might be crazy and he might be lying. Or neither. Actually, in either case, whether he's telling the truth or he's lying, she's still crazy. Fact. <sighs> so... The door rings. Pastor Cal. Zach goes and gets the door. Pastor Cal sits down. He sees that they're nowhere near each other. (laughs) 
And Zach says they had their first real argument. And Michaela says, you guys have matched me with a man who is challenging, dynamic, and strong. Zach says the argument changes nothing for him. He thinks she's amazing and caring and loving. And then she gives him a look and she squints. And, and, and he is like very reactive to the squint. He's like, why are you looking? At me? Like, you've never looked at me like that before. Um, and they talk about there's a guard up. And Michaela says, I mean, it all sounds good. In a way, it's like, well, it sounds good, but I don't really believe it. And then Zach tells his story and he says he's not lying. And he says it seems like she doesn't believe me and she doesn't think he's being genuine. And Michaela says she's nervous and she doesn't let her guard down. She says he's phenomenal. And I, what I think you are is true, but it makes her nervous. Any thoughts on any of this? I, this is a moment I'm like, they're not going to make it. I, let me call it now. <laughs> there is two, these are two people who are not ready. Not ready. Like, I don't know how they fooled themselves into thinking they were ready. But you're not going to come in with all that hot-headedness, all that hard thing. Because she was just so irritating when he was trying to make peace. And you kept doing all the things. Like, what are you? Mm-mm. Yeah, they're not going to make it. The next sequence, I mean, I could go in detail. But it's just like her dad died and she had to protect herself. And the idea of being watched over and led by another man is scary. And Zach says he understands. And Pastor Cal motions him to get closer. And she would go. It's like a whole therapy session about her losing her dad and the role that her dad played in her emotional life. And now Zach, she has to trust Zach to be that person. And Zach kind of like reassuring that he's ready to do this. He tells them that they have to work out their own baggage and that they have the potential to be an awesome couple. And he doesn't want them to derail it this early on. Mm. I just found it um, all just a bit too much. (laughs) Too much. We're on date eight or 10. And they haven't seen each other for most of those days. Yeah. Like, and here's the thing. There was just... I feel like we learned a lot about them with this fight. Zach is not as, oh, maybe it's on me. I just thought Zach was going to be this laid back guy or whatever. But from the look, from the thing, he reacted very strongly to everything. Like, why are you doing this? I'm not doing this. You shut me down. You the, you can't have both people doing that way. So I, I don't know how sustainable it's going to be. I also think, like I already said I thought he was lying. I think Zach is someone who likes having a good guy persona, but isn't exactly like a good guy. I don't know if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's going to be a problem. Michaela doesn't trust anybody. And for lack of a better word, Michaela is a spoiled brat. She's the last born. Everyone's handled her with kitty gloves. And she just thinks, I I guess she can go through life and everyone's going to treat her that way. But you kind of have to grow up. So she's <laughs> immature in all ways, emotionally or whatever. And yes, she has abandonment issues. I can understand that. But you have to, every human being trips. But you have to recognize when you're tripping. Like, he went out. And if he's right in the off chance that he is right, one hour is what made you pack your bags and leave. <laughs> like, that's deep. That, that, that is so deep in the words of Imani. Like, really? And also... I think she's a goddamn lie, too. I find that when they do Q&As and he's asking these questions, how are you? Are you jealous? No, I'm not jealous. I'm just possessive. Oh, I don't walk out. Oh, I just think I think he's rude. She's lying about everything. Or she doesn't know who she is as a person. So 
Yeah, good luck to them. But I'm not putting my my bets on them anymore. <laughs> I am not saying that people on maps have to just put up with any old thing. Yeah. But I did not understand the leaving. Like you couldn't wait till like lunchtime, and even then, not even lunchtime. You should stick it out for a couple days to see if he comes back. This is maps. Yeah. yeah, that was so drastic. I'm like that is like a lot, and you know me, I always think like going and leaving. That's a cardinal math scene sin to me. So um, I don't know. I mean, the one thing I can guarantee, I think they will have fantastic sex. <laughs> <laughs> and the other but, thing yeah. about the dramatic exit is, you know, you have a meeting with Pastor Cal later today, and you're coming back. So what was the point of all that? Again, can't control her emotions. Driven by emotions, just I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do. It was also, what did the poor Clorox can do to you or the Lysol can? <laughs> just slammed it on the, like, what What are you so mad about? Like, Pastor Kyle was right about that. Like, there's a lot of individual things that need to be unpacked. Like, what got you so mad? For a man you've only known how many days? Ten. I don't know. It was very strange. Okay. I don't like the two of them. I don't like them together. And I, 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 Zach, I might still like, but I don't like her. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, Zach said it gets better. So I don't know what his definition of better is, but yeah, we'll see. Okay. On to Gil and Merla. Let me throw this out there, guys. I am not a fan of Gil. Let's, uh, let me just clear that out here. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, not a fan. My best friend thinks like he's the cutest thing on earth. And I'm just looking at her sideways like, and I get it. I've said that before, but he's just doesn't do it for me. So anyway, Gil carries Merla over the threshold, which was cute. And as soon as they got in, I held my breath to prepare myself for Merla's complaints. I was just ready for it. Gil tells us that he's excited to move in because this is why he got married to make memories with his wife. And this is a big one having their first apartment together. And then Merla begins. She tells us that Gil carrying her was corny. She did not find it cute. And sorry, guys, to all the romantic wives out there that thought it was cute. I'm like, oh, Merla. (laughs) Do you agree with her, Aid? Do I agree with her? A little bit. (laughs) But I also would never say anything. I'm like, if the man wants to carry me over the threshold, I will act like it's the cutest thing in the world. (laughs) Oh, man. Because it's just not worth... It's just... It's a nice tradition. It's not worth being like, oh, I like Mirla, but, you know, I don't agree with that. And he was the only one to do that. But, um... Can I just say that Merla looks so good in her crop her crop top sweats or whatever she was wearing into the house. She looked really good. Um, Gil tells us, you know, that he loves carrying her. He loved carrying her over the threshold and he'll do it again when they move into their home. And we see Merla standing by her word and said, again, it's a sweet gesture, but overall it's not for me. <laughs> so, so you know this apartment is really nice when even Merla has nothing to complain about. And she said, it's cute. I like it. And again, I was relieved. It has nothing to do with me, but I was relieved. Like, yes, she likes it. I was too. Um, <laughs> look at what Merla's done to us. 
So Gil says, oh, it's up to your standards. I could do with much less. Anybody ask you, broke boy. But <laughs> <laughs> that's what I refer to him as now. So Gil tells us that his wife is a princess and we all know it. So it's a huge relief that she likes the apartment because it's one less battle that he has to face. So Gil is marveling at the master bedroom. He flops on the bed while Merla comes in and wondering, is this a queen bed? Because this bed is really tiny. She's back. So, <laughs> And then Gil pushes his lock and asks, is this where the magic happens? And Merla tells us, no, this is not where the magic happens. We're still strangers and he needs to slow down. Just imagine Merla saying that all dry, no smile or anything, and it's just hilarious. <laughs> um, Merla picks her side of the bed and asks Gil if it's okay. He's like, oh, I don't care what side it is, that, you know, it's her world, princess. I'm just living in it. And she's gracious enough to say, I appreciate that. Like, I feel like Gil, okay, I don't know the line between if it's just banter or Gil is throwing digs at her, but you can't throw digs at Merla. Older she is, she just doesn't care. So not taking that on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because it's like you're just a princess. It's your world. I'm living in it. She's like, I appreciate that. So hey, so it's time for them to go to each other's places. And Gil is in Merla's place. And I gotta tell you, I am surprised that she does not have a house. Um, I have a feeling that her condo, or I'm sorry, her apartment is in probably, like, a really nice area of Houston. Mm. And has concierge services and, and every amenity you could possibly find in an apartment. The only reason I don't think her apartment is that nice is that closet is not something I would ever think Merla would settle for. Yes, it is very small, and I was... I, w- I, w- I, was, I don't say I was surprised by that, but I'm like, if Merla lives in that type of apartment, it's for a reason. Okay. Still surprised she didn't have a house. But Gil says he expects her apartment to have 24 karat gold and glitz and glamour. She had a lot of alcohol, a lot of crosses, which Jose also had. I didn't mention that. And a lot of photos. Her cross collection was nicer than Jose's. (laughs) Jose's was a little too ornate. Hers was a little more my style. Yeah. But the photos that she has were not just any photos, but photos of herself on different trips and what some some people might call provocative. Like an example was she was in a handstand in a bikini by a waterfall. I thought it was fantastic. Like she has a good body. She travels, their memories. I don't see why not. But Gil, I again I still think he's throwing digs. He's like, okay, so you love yourself. Merla is always ready. She's like, who doesn't love themselves? <laughs> How sad that a person wouldn't love themselves. <laughs> like, I mean, she shows him her small closet, in her words, and the producers were sure to add that EDM music and the focus is on the Louis Prada Gucci of it all. Basically, all her shoes, all the designers, they were just focusing on all the labels. Broke boy Gil is like, Jesus, you got a boatload of clothes, golly. And then he starts reading out the labels and ask her how much they typically run. I just thought the whole thing was tacky. And because he asks, what is the most expensive, you know, shoe that you have? How often do you buy these or whatever? But I mean, Merla was gracious because she answers and, you know, 
gives him prices, says, oh, the classic styles are like $600. And then he tells us that, you know, being a firefighter, he's not bougie and he's amazed at how much he spends in a year. He says he still wants to put his money towards real estate or things that are more lucrative. In my mind, I'm like, you still can. Like, what is her buying these things? How does this stop him from doing these things? Like, she didn't ask you to get it for her. I don't know. Maybe I agree. It's just, I don't understand the fixation. But anyways, he goes on to say that now that they're married, she has to understand that they come first before clothes or shoes. And oh, hell no. <laughs> this is where I'm looking forward to the experts or Pastor Kyle showing up. Um, because for me to understand Gil's particular issue with these purchases, because one, again, I talked about it. She isn't asking him to buy. And two, she's still taking care of the important things. She's saving, she's paying her bills. So what exactly is the issue? The issue, in my opinion, because I just kept on wondering, like, is it your money? Why are you so concerned about how much she spends? Like you said, she's not asking you to spend it. And there's also no, like, if Gil were saying, oh, I, I want us to buy a house, and here's how much we need, and here's my share, and here's your share. And if you have more, maybe you can get more because, you know, we should do things proportionally. He can't even come up with that. It's just constantly ragging on her for spending her own money. It's, it's really yeah. rude. It is. So tacky. But I don't know. She's nicer about it than I would be, that's for sure. I would she just really keep on is. asking the question, is it your money? <laughs> <laughs> so he says, you know, is she going to keep shopping or is she going to change? And you know, I've mentioned that Merla is answering all of his silly questions graciously, but on the flip, it's almost like she was enjoying, like, taunting him. It, she always has this smirk on her face, like, go on, keep asking, I got you. Like, and I was just enjoying that immensely. Like, he couldn't rattle her. Like, you're not going to make me feel bad. Wrong day, buddy. So they go to Gil's house. And Merla just starts with, ew, the house smells like dog. And then she tells us that this is the first time I'm meeting my husband's dog because I have no choice. <laughs> and it is incredibly rude to walk into someone's house and say it smells like dog, even if it does. I'm pausing because I'm thinking, is that rude if it's yes. your husband? Oh, yes. <laughs> All right. She continues that she doesn't want a dog because she does not want to deal with slobber, hair, and the smell of dog in her apartment. But she does want to be married, so she has to compromise. Okay, girl. <laughs> the producer asked her the name of the dog, and it took her a minute, but she finally gets it. She's like, oof, it took me a minute, but I got it. Hype. Merla is just walking away from them, and Gil asks her, where are you going? Come back and say hi to Hype. She's like, I already said hi. <laughs> this is so funny. And then Gil's like, no, you have to say hi properly. Like, and then he tells hi, put your hand out. I'm like, okay. Merla says, but he smells. <laughs> I does give her a high five. 
she wipes her hands on him on his shirt and as Gil kisses his dog and Merla is all uh, grossed out. And Gil says, oh, I don't kiss him on the lips. We don't do that. And then Merla's like, oh my God, my husband is a dog kisser, y'all. That's going to stop the kiss that's coming a lot further. And correct me if I'm wrong, Aid, didn't the preview show him say something else? Like, I, I'm not getting no kiss, so I have to get it from somewhere. Uh, exactly, yes. That is what the preview showed. Oh, my God. These maps producers, what are they doing? Well, well we didn't... speaking of it, remember a couple weeks ago where they posted a picture on their social media mm-hmm. of a Gil and Merla scene that they then never aired? Like, he was giving her a massage on the honeymoon? Mm-hmm. I don't, I just don't understand. Is it an error or is it on purpose? And if it's on purpose, what is the purpose? (laughs) So, but yeah, I had to rewind it because I was like, maybe I missed it, but nope, they just didn't air it. So he shows her a painting of his dad and tells the story of how his dad had a painting of ML Martin Luther King, Mandela, Malcolm X, and himself, himself being his dad. And always told everyone that these were the four greatest men in history. So he was kind of like you. Again, trying to throw a dig at Merla. Merla's like like me. And he's like, yeah, he had himself posted up around the house. And Merla, once again, she took it in good stride. And I was like, maybe he wanted you to find someone like me to bring out those attributes in you. And then she tells us that, you know, they were matched. Tells him that they were matched for a reason. And maybe this was the reason. So... It's time for their visit with Pastor Cal. And he comes over and Merla, you know, she don't take no shit. She quickly tells him like, yeah, Pastor Cal, this is the dog that I didn't want and you didn't listen to me. And then he didn't say anything. I really wanted him to answer that. (laughs) I loved when she said it. I was like, I hope everybody calls out the experts for giving them things they explicitly did not ask for. It was one of my favorite moments ever on Maps. Because it doesn't happen very often. I love That's to see true. it. <laughs> so Pastor Gal says that they matched them because they thought they'd be a great match. As opposed to what? And Merla says, we believe that. Um, I noticed they weren't holding hands or sitting close, but they were all smiles. And Pastor Gal wastes no time and went into, she's extra vagant. She likes to spend. Have you guys talked about finances? And Merla says, not really. And Gil brings up the closet. Pascal asks Gil how he feels about that. And he says, you know, I think it's too much. That they had a conversation last night about if she's going to shop less. And she said no. And she said she wants a specific example. Like, what What do you mean you want me to show Like, why do you want me to show up less? And Pastor Cal interjects and answers for Gil saying something about, you know, diverting money elsewhere. And this is an example of where I think Pastor Cal is misogyny, misogynistic adjacent. Because he doesn't quite say it, but he just hovers around that line. And I don't. I don't understand why, like, because he's the one who goes, she's extra gavay and she likes to spend. And, you know, like he understands where Gil is coming from. Did you get that vibe from him? It's very misogynistic. It's not misogynistic, Jason. (laughs) 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 Gil cannot, let's be real here. Gil cannot come up with a reason why Marilla should spend less. 
I think the only thing in his mind is that her spending money like this makes him feel inadequate. So instead of addressing his own inadequacy or going to make him more money, he's now trying to bring her down by saying she spends money on the wrong things. She did not ask for your money. <laughs> you don't have a reason for her to shop less. And you guys have been married for 10 days. So you're not even like comparing it to Jose, who no matter what Jose's saying, he's coming into it with like a, a conversation. Like, do you want mm. a car? Do you want to go to Europe? That's a conversation. Gil is laying down orders about how she should spend her own fucking money. And it drives me crazy. Yeah. And it she's seems being much be nicer a... than I would be. Much nicer. <laughs> and this is and why seems... no one wants to marry a poor man Stop! unless he's secure within himself. Okay? He's insecure. <laughs> it's not the poverty that's the problem. <laughs> and he's not even poor. He just doesn't make as much money as she does. But he is so insecure about her money that he has to try to make it seem like the way she spends it is a problem. But Marilyn's too confident to fall for this shit. Yeah. He got the wrong one. And 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 I feel like it's a trait of his because you can see this also by him. I think you should change your last name. I think you should walk the dog. And then he's not exactly to the point of Eric, but he's always throwing around that, like, I think that's a deal breaker. Oh, I think I should. But it's not, like, as bad as Eric. So Merla says, if I'm already diverting money, what's an extra $1,000 going to do? Pascal tells her that, oh, you have to transition from single to married activities because they're married decisions. $100,000, is not the same as a thousand dollars what did you think about that it only matters as a proportion of your income you can't just set a number and say that's the discuss number it is going to depend on how much money you have and pastor cal i don't know what he thinks he knows but that's not his choice to make what kind of marriage counseling is this yeah i have to agree i was getting so heated i was like okay let me take a step step back and is it because you know i'm not particularly fond of gil i'm like if i sat down and my husband got like a one thousand dollar shoe would how would i be pissed or would i be and i thought about it and i honestly I would not be pissed if all our responsibilities are taken care of and the money is there and it's something that makes you happy and is not harming me or us or anything why the fuck do I care? I just, I, I don't understand the logic. And I still don't even think either Pascal or Gil answered that question. So Marla, stand your ground. Buy your shoes, girl. They mad. They need to come up with, well, if they're going to last, they need to come up with a plan about how they think about money. Yeah. Instead of just somehow Mirla's a problem because she spends money that she earns the way she likes it. Yeah. And then you haven't even gotten to the point. Like, I think it's not a mistake because, you know, we're not in it. So I don't know what it feels like. But I think a lot of these people just need to need to let their relationship breathe. You can't jump into all of this without knowing each other. You don't know what Merla's going to do when she actually falls in love with you. You have actual relationships and things like that. Like, just relax and get to know each other. Like, I don't think, like, she's irresponsible at all. If something needed to be done, then we'll figure it out. Look at the statement she made earlier. She's like, oh, I don't want to be with the dog, but I do want to be married. And she made a concession for that. She didn't want a bald person, but she made a concession for that. So just relax, man. Eh. Well, Pascal asked him about intimacy. And Gil says, oh, they just reached a point where 
they touch each other and they cuddle when they sleep but that's the peak actually the word he used was climax and i think pastor Cal said that is not climax <laughs> merla's just laughing i think merla thinks they're both idiots and she's just laughing like have your fun guys i don't give a fuck so pastor Cal asks about the kiss that you know he sees the touch he sees them touching and gil said like no pascal says i see that he cheeked she cheeked you during the wedding and then gil says yes and that's all it's been but somehow gil is the one doing all the talking which is why i think merla thinks they're both idiots and pascal asks about you know no energy like is there sexual chemistry is there that energy with them and gil says for him there is but he can't speak for her but he guesses there is and Pascal is all, you shouldn't have to guess. Do you guys want to have sex? I was like, why is Pascal taking this person? Like, is this the first couple that wants <laughs> to wait? But Marilyn just calmly says, eventually, yes. And then Gil says, yes, no, eventually, just yes. <laughs> like, it's there. <laughs> so Pascal asks what she needs to be comfortable. And she goes, um, I just need time. Gil says it's the intimacy for him. And, you know, the fact that a kiss hasn't happened means something to him. And Pascal asks why kissing hasn't happened. And she says, no reason, really. It's just a comfort level. And to her, it's very intimate. Gil says what he hears is, that's how I've always been. And Merla says, once again, it'll get there eventually. And she cares about how she feels and the pace she is comfortable with. She's like, I'm just going to ignore all the voices, focus on how I feel, and her marriage with her husband. Clap, clap, Merla. Like, I feel like a lot of us need to learn from Merla. You just got to <laughs> prioritize yourself, man. Nobody else is going to. So Gil tells her that she just wants her to be comfortable, but he does, he did ask, like, if she can go from now to decision day without a kiss. And she said, probably. And he said if that happens, he will ask for a divorce. Because if she says she wants to be with him, but isn't showing it, it's like, do you really want to be with me? And then we get maths music, and that was the end. So <laughs> Let's talk about the maths music. The lyrics were, show me your world. I want to give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually appreciated Gil for saying, if you don't kiss me, I'm asking for a divorce. I think it's better than getting to decision day and asking for a divorce and being like, well, you didn't kiss me. <laughs> so, so I didn't actually mind that he said, like, this is not going to work for me. Um, do, do, do you think he was just being honest or do you think it was a thinly veiled threat? It could be both. But I actually don't, I don't see it as a threat. I do see it as honesty. Okay. They don't have that dynamic that you sometimes see with couples where they treat decision day as like a prize. I mean, maybe it's there, but I haven't seen it yet. Marilyn doesn't have that type of like energy. I think he's just being like honest. I think, I don't know. I actually still can't even tell how it's going to end up for them. But I think the one thing about Marilyn is that she doesn't mince words. But she seems to actually enjoy him as a person. Because if she didn't, I think we would know. She would tell us. <laughs> yeah. So I think that he should just trust her honesty and trust the fact that the fact that she's still in here, just be patient. She said it's going to come eventually. Just, you know, wait it out and see how it is, you know? 
So good luck to them. Let's just quickly run through Brett and Ryan because <laughs> I, 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 I don't understand how people can make any conversation mundane and just like wow. But um, they're back in Houston, and it looks like the flight was much better because Ryan says it was a much smoother flight, and he's less bruised this time. Brett says that she's excited to move in, and she's not scared. Ryan tells us that being married is something he has been looking forward to for so long, and now he feels very fortunate to be married to Brett, and it's a good feeling that someone cares and is genuinely interested in how your day goes. They're having dinner, and Ryan tells her they're going to have a lot of cool memories. They're talking about how much stuff to bring, and Brett says, oh, her toiletries alone will be a lot. And Ryan says, necessities. Only bring your necessities. Brett says that thinking about moving in together gives her anxiety, that during the honeymoon they had naps, pools, champagne so when you get home it's just real i did not realize that in real life you can't have naps pools and champagne i mean i understood what she meant but i didn't i didn't know why she chose those things as examples i thought she would mean like no responsibilities and stuff like that but she said there's real life work ryan real life work brett she's used to unwinding after work or talking to her friends or going to the gym whatever she wants but now she has to basically consider him now for everything that she does. So I truly understand what she's saying about considering someone now for everything that she does. But I feel like it's just kind of crazy how it's ingrained that marriage is some kind of death knell. I don't understand what she means by she can't unwind after work or talk to her friends or go to the gym when she wants. Like, it's not a prison. And I don't know where it started from. If anything else, I do feel like what is a death knell is children. (laughs) (laughs) So every time I hear stuff like that, I'm like, I I don't know why people say that, but okay. I mean, is it strange? Do you think it's strange or it's normal? I don't know. I think it's pretty normal to think that way. I mean, if you like thinking about yourself all the time, when you're with (sighs) someone, you don't get to think about yourself all the time. I don't know. She she can still talk to her friends. I don't know. And unwind after work. I don't know who's controlling her. But then Brett asks um, about if what if their dogs don't get along. And Ryan says his dog has had a full life. He is 11 years old. But them on the other hand, what if she starts snipping at him? I was so confused by that conversation switch. Did, I don't, did it make sense to you? Because it didn't to me. I'm like, we haven't seen you snip at you ever. So it just <laughs> seemed to come out of this clear blue sky. Oh, my God. And Brett is like, ha, 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 I don't think that's going to happen. So Ryan comes over to Brett's apartment, and he said he likes the color and could probably use some color in his life. He was actually very friendly with her dog, Baxter. Ryan tells us that he hasn't lived with a significant other in 15 years, but he likes that she takes care of her place and is looking forward to how her dog gets along with his. His dog is called Maisie. Um, Brett gets to Ryan's house and asks him to bring his dog out for their dogs to meet. And they actually both have cute dogs, very fluffy, cute dogs. And the dogs start out well, but then they start growling at each other. And then Ryan says he thinks they'd be better off if they're off the leash and Brett says she's worried about that and then 
all of a sudden, Ryan just starts telling us that Brett is stressed about a lot of things and he needs her to relax about things sometimes, that she's so high strung about certain things. And I'm like, whoa, where does this come from? And you just know that the next thing when they ask him for a deal breaker, that's going to be what's on his list. He's going to be like, I don't like someone who's stressed out all the time or high strung. (laughs) Brian's home is nice, but those (laughs) cabinets. I really, they're so boring. Like, I don't have any opinions about anything. (laughs) Nothing they said of like, oh, I have commentary. I'm just like. Oh, it's Brett and Ryan. (laughs) That's okay. So Ryan's home is nice, but cabinets, the couch, the walls, they got to go. Brett says there are many different shades of brown, but it's definitely a man's house. They go upstairs and there is a deer head on the wall. And she asks if he killed a deer and he goes, um, yes, I did. And why would he have the head of a random deer? And he actually said he shot it. She asks if he's attached to it and he says, no, it can go in the garage or wherever Bax's timeout area is for snipping at my dog. Y'all, it's okay. I'm boring myself just talking about this. I don't, I, I have to get through this somehow. I just, again, don't know how they do it. It's a talent. So it's time for their Pascal moment, and he tells them they look good together and asks them how things have been. Ryan says that he's been telling anyone who asked that Brett is one of the coolest people he's ever met, and she's awesome. He could hang out with her in any scenario. She's easy. They banter easily, and I'm like, uh, uh-huh. Didn't she just say that she's high-strung and she's scared of everything, and... Ugh. It sounded like he was talking about a very good friend. (laughs) Not a romantic partner or a wife. Just like a girl that you see at the bar with your group of friends. Who you're going to fix up with somebody else because she's so cool. Yeah, that's my bro. (laughs) And Brett agrees with him and says, yeah, he has a dry sense of humor. We take jabs at each other. And Ryan is like, it's like third graders flirting. Um, Brett says she feels he has a soft side and he takes care of everyone around him and it makes her feel like she can relax. She said it's very new, but she trusts him a lot. Pascal asks her if Ryan is anything like the type of guy she's dated and she says no. Ryan then brings up the whole deer thing and says she had a traumatic experience at my house and he likes being outdoors. Brett, again, is like outdoors. Country music boots are things that don't matter. But she definitely doesn't fit in. In a great segue, Pascal mentions that he likes that they are showing affection to each other. As we see her hand on his knee. And he asks if this was easy. They both say yes. And Ryan says it hasn't gotten crazy. And it's been natural. And specifies that they haven't rushed into things. And I'm like, why can't you... Pascal's like, what do you mean? I was like, why can't you just say we haven't had sex? Like, what's all this roundabout thing that we're doing? So, um, Pascal clarifies that it's not about having sex or not. It's more about if one person isn't comfortable with it and the other is, then that's a problem. He then asked them if they're happy with the level of intimacy. Brett says she is. Ryan says it's been slower than anticipated, but it's growing and he's a fan. 
something I learned that someone said to me, if there are many qualifiers, it sounds false. So Pastor Cal asked how quickly advancing are their feelings for each other. And Brett tells Ryan she has a crush on him and she legitimately turns like beet red. She says that's how she feels, but she probably hasn't been expressing that verbally. I don't think his response was enthusiastic, but um, <laughs> they ask Ryan the same question and he dryly goes, yeah, I like her. And we can get past that. And I'm glad Pastor Kyle asked what that means by we can get past that because Brett actually understood what he was saying, but I was so lost. And she's like, oh no, he means like we can see past like and get to the other thing that is love. Eight days, y'all, 10 days, whatever days it is, what are we doing? Relax, everybody. And then Pastor Kyle asked Ryan if he's been in love before and what that is like. He says, you know, it's when I value them more than me. And he says, but you don't feel that way about her yet. How, Pastor Cal? How? Ryan says, not yet. And he has no problem being open about that. And he just wants to make sure they're on the same page as far as that goes. And again, I am so lost because Brett actually seemed upset. And I don't know what she was upset about, but thankfully that was the end of them. I don't, I don't want to figure that out. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I feel bad coming on here every week to just be like, oh my God, they're boring. <laughs> but it's like everybody else is so interesting that they are boring. <laughs> and also faking it. I think that's the other part is like one minute we love each other. We do this. Then the next minute we have all these differences, but we look past it. You're cool. You're not cool. You're too high, strong. You don't want kids. I don't, I really hope they drop out midway. We can only hope. <laughs> <sighs> okay. On to two people who are not boring, Bow and Johnny. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. So, we, so we start with Johnny taking a video of Bow snoring on the plane. Oh my God. I'm so glad you mentioned this. <laughs> I was like, did you not hear her? Did you oh not hear her? God. It's not I funny. was like, she's going to kill you. And I, I'm not shaming her at all, but I didn't even know what to expect. Because when he started, I didn't even know it was her. I thought it was Johnny. And then I was like, oh, my God, it's Bao. Why are you recording this? Like, do you not? Did, oh, my God. That was bad. It was a precursor of things to come. So they get to the apartment. Bao's excited. She wanted a nice kitchen. Johnny says, oh, you wanted a nice kitchen. It's nice. But then she's like, oh, it's nice. And then she kind of is like, but she doesn't like this electric stove. There's no ice machine. She checks and they don't have a real hood over the stove. Johnny says that she takes the fun out of things. This place is great. He's not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Bao is what I thought Merla would be. But when he said that, I was like, she's not wrong. I'm going to suck the fun out of it. Or maybe Johnny's not Gil, okay? <laughs> so they get into the bed and he's making his pillow for it and she jokes about reenacting their honeymoon. Do you have nerves? And she says, absolutely. He's like, I just need you to shower. She says, it's intense. The must shower before bed thing. And she says, kind of like, I think there was a little bit of hostility. And she said, I'm not going to do that. She says, I'm having major concerns and doubts of Johnny. 
He says, whenever we start talking, we're on the verge of having an argument. So they're sitting down to dinner, and Johnny says he plans on going home after this. Mm-mm. And he says for a couple of days, because it was an emotional roller coaster and he needs a break. And then he says he wants to be transparent, but he's conflicted about them. He's like, how do I really feel about our differences? So he's not sure. She says, I have a concern too. If you need space, it makes me wonder if you're really committed. Bao tells us. Bao is very different from anybody who's been on the show. Her reactions are very interesting to me. She has a lot of Mm. confidence in a way. Because she basically says, if he's not willing to put in the effort, she's like, go ahead, run. I'm not going to stop him. (laughs) (laughs) There's no like, oh, my God, I'm not good enough. Oh, my God, he doesn't like me. She's just like, if you want to go, go. (laughs) My my notes had Bao's calmness was a tad scary. (laughs) Is she calm or is she planning to key his car later (laughs) in the night? (laughs) She does say to him, it sets a precedent, and he says he just needs space. And she says, that's fine. And much like Michaela, it was not fine. (laughs) (laughs) And our song lyrics for this are, I gave you my heart, I gave you my soul, and you threw it all away. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) So the next day, she's putting on war paint to prepare for battle, also known as like makeup. (laughs) we get a selfie video of johnny and he said he needed a reset he's finding that we're different um and are these differences going to keep them from a successful marriage they always told him that marriage wasn't easy but he's been barely married for a week and he agrees what the hell i don't usually pay attention but dr pepper came on to say basically it's fine that johnny left as long as they're communicating i'm like i don't think it's fine dr pepper i don't think it's fine yeah it's not at all Bao says she hasn't seen him since last night. And her conclusion from Johnny leaving is that she's the more mature one in this relationship. But he has potential. I'm like, is this girl (laughs) delusional? Or is this, like, level of, like, confidence and maybe some hubris? Impressive. I don't know. (laughs) But you know what I wondered was if Johnny was an actual stranger and not someone she actually knew... Would she still be this calm? Or is there some kind of reassurance because she kind of knows about him, you know? Maybe. I think whether you know someone or not, at the end of the day, this is like rejection. And I've just never seen a human being handle rejection like this. Yeah. To basically say, "Ah, it's not me, it's him. Now, Johnny says he was going to be gone for a couple days, but he comes back the next day. So it was only one night. He brought Thai food. He's like, honey, I'm home. They're doing something with the red wine. She's asking what kind of red wine. I felt some tension. Yeah. Johnny says that the distance was necessary and therapeutic, and it made him reassess how he reacted to certain things. So now he's back with a fresh perspective. So maybe it was helpful? Maybe it was. Maybe it was. (laughs) He says he's feeling overwhelmed and they'd get into disagreements and he wouldn't have time to process things. And now that he's had time to think about it, some things don't matter to him as much as he thought it did. Bao thinks that if they just kept to surface things, then these issues wouldn't come up so quickly. 
the experts match them for a reason. Um, we're going to grow. We have so much in common and we're going to have so much more in common. She's like, as long as you're here and present with me. Johnny says this isn't something you just walk away from. And she starts laughing. Johnny says for the first time he encountered hardship and he didn't run away. Part of me was like, do you want a cookie? Like, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how seriously to take this leaving for one night thing. Like, what do you think? I don't even know what to think because you know how I feel. I think it's a cardinal sin. I don't think you should ever leave. But on the flip side, I think it's because of Bao's reaction to it. It seemed to actually give him a perspective. If Bao had reacted negatively, he would have felt vindicated. But I think part of her reaction made him look stupid. Like, what are you doing? You're acting like a child. <laughs> so I think in some way it helped. It's like, you go on ahead. I'm not taking this on. Like, you do you. So I- I'm torn. <laughs> he asked her, are we going to share this bed? And she said she'd like to. And she says it's an opportunity to try to do things differently. They get in bed. They have a little bed talk. And she says, what are the odds, you know, that we would be matched? And Johnny says, let's see where this takes us. And they kiss. And it's really cute. (sighs) Next day, Johnny comes to Bao's house. He says something about he could imagine himself in the kitchen. And he says something about game on. And she just dies a little inside because, God forbid, a person watch any sports in her house. (laughs) Did you notice Johnny got a Tesla? Oh, I did notice that. I was like, oh, that's a lot of money. <laughs> Plus, you got to have, like, the plug anyway. Um, these people spend a lot of time talking about the toilet. So she takes him to her <laughs> toilet where she has toilet paper, butt wipes, and a bidet. And Johnny says she has more stuff. He could, he could see himself living there. She's looking forward to seeing his place. They get to his place. And the shot they did was kind of nice because he had these married AF hats. Um, as they yeah. came up the stairs, we could see them. I actually like his place better than her place. It's very like modern. He has pops of color, like with yellow. I was like, this is a man's house, really? Um, which is funny because Bao says that Johnny's house needs a woman's touch, and I'm like, I didn't think it did. They check out his <laughs> closet. He's got a shirt many, many times. We see his toilet. He also has a bidet. He doesn't want other people using his bidet. That's why it's in his bathroom, not the guest bathroom. He has lightsabers. I thought it was very fun when they played with the lightsabers. And she says she likes that she could be her quirky self and that he can be his quirky self. Later, we learned that was a lie. (laughs) 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 Then we get to the real meat of Johnny and Bao this week. Pastor Cal comes to a visit. And he talks about how, oh, I found out you guys have met before. Bao plans to be bitter about them meeting before forever. That's why I've decided. Because she, she is, like, I don't think I realized, she's, like, really mad at him for this. (laughs) (laughs) You made me wait this long. You will pay forever. She's like, well, I wasn't this popular. I was a nerdy bookworm, and that's why she wasn't on his radar. I'm like, girl, you really need to get over this. (laughs) Which is also such... A 180 from the confident person that she is. It's strange. Yeah. Um, Pastor Cal says Johnny must be feeling bad. And Johnny does look like he feels bad. That's why I'm like, why can't you get over this? (laughs) 
we find out that Pastor Cal has talked to them individually, a lot. And he says, a lot of your challenges arise out of fear, not feeling as though you've been accepted. And he asks if they've had deep conversations. And Johnny says, he didn't expect surface level, but they've definitely gone to the deep end. And there's no way to go deep without arguing. And Bao talks about the snoring. And Bao says that she has to initiate physical touch. And he says he feels like he does initiate. And Pastor Cal says it makes no difference like what Johnny feels. Like Bao feels like you don't initiate. How do we feel about that? It's not that surprising for a person who told us that they want their significant other to be all over them. No, I mean about Pastor Cal saying it doesn't matter what you think. If Bao says this is what it is, then that's what you focus on. I would say that Pastor Cal is right. Maybe he didn't phrase okay. it the best way. Yeah. But like if someone says, I don't feel like you initiate touching, you're not going to win the argument with, well, I do. Like they don't feel it. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Because either way you feel unwanted, like you're not. Okay. Um, yeah. Can I go back? Why do you, why did you say we find out that he's spoken to them individually? I didn't realize that. I mean, I think we've been told. But I, I, you know, the experts are talking to them like over the since they've been married individually. But this is their first together sit down. I just thought they get like a dossier or something because like in past seasons, you just kind of tell them. I think Dr. Pepper, when she was yelling at Chris or something like that, like, you know, we get everything uh, updates or something on them. Yeah, I knew they got updates on them. But he said, we've talked to you individually oh okay 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 i missed that okay got it so pastor Cal says if you're not attracted now is the time to find out why then we have some very bad music that tells us that something bad is about to happen and johnny basically says well first we bow was given the option like do you want to know and she's like immediately like yes i was like i think you said that too quickly you might want to think about that i i was saying no it's a <laughs> trap i was just not ready <laughs> and then johnny comes out with when you get happy or excited excited you sound like a kid and he doesn't find it attractive then they show them making out and he says he's trying to be physically intimate and when she laughs it turns him off it doesn't get him going my jaw is on the floor i <laughs> <laughs> I have, oh my God, Johnny, what the fuck? But I do understand the kissing part. I think I brought that up last time. Like, I didn't know why she laughed. But overall, I was just like, Johnny, Johnny, Johnny. Johnny always comes with the blind sides, man. Um, okay. There's a whole discussion. Basically, it just boils down to he thinks she acts like a child. Mm. She says, well, now I feel like I can't be myself. Because he's disgusted by the way that I express joy. Pastor Cal is like, this is a Johnny problem. Which, I guess I was appreciative for that. Because I just, like... I was almost like, okay, well then you guys can just be done. Like, I don't understand how you're supposed to overcome. How you express happiness makes me feel like you're a child and I'm not attracted to that. Maybe they'll get over it. I doubt it. What do you think? Oh god, I sound like a broken record to say I'm torn. Because I don't know how you get over that. But I do understand the part. If you're trying to kiss someone or be cute and they're laughing, it does feel like you're laughing at me. I, I'm sorry. Did you ever watch Friends? 
Yeah. But like 50-50 on whether I'll be able to remember this reference. <laughs> oh, okay. There was just a, a episode where Rachel and Ross, you know, when they first started dating and he was trying to get romantic with her, but she kept laughing all the time. And he's just like, it just feels like rejection or it feels like we're just friends or there's no chemistry. I can completely understand that because if someone keeps laughing when I want to kiss you, I'm not going to try. But so I didn't get I, the sense that she was laughing at the kissing. She seemed uncomfortable. Like okay. when you're nervous, like nervous laughter, nervous. Uh, that's what he seemed like to me. And then I would be curious to know, which I guess it is the case. Like, what's it like when there's no cameras? Because I think it'd be very awkward to be like kissing someone in front of a camera versus like when they're alone. Okay, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. But then, you remember last episode, you said that it was just weird when he threw whatever blindside it was last week, and he just declared this whole like thing about her and all that. Why would you do that if you have these alleged concerns? Like, what are you doing? I really like her. She's growing on me. She's doing this. Like, what, wh- what are you doing, Johnny? So that's why, like you said... I appreciate Pastor Cal saying it's a Johnny problem. I just, I feel really sorry for Bell. <laughs> I really think he should have kept that to himself. I don't know. If you don't put stuff out there, I guess you can't solve it. But I just, that is so strange to me that you would say, like, you act like a child. Ergo, I'm not attracted to you. Because it's not just when they're kissing that he's talking about. He just means in general. Yeah. I think you act yeah. like a kid. So it's like. I thought they were having fun playing lightsabers, but apparently to him, that was like acting like a kid and not attractive. But then what does it mean that the producers knew exactly what examples to pull from? (laughs) (laughs) I think that their main thing is, one, Johnny Problem, agreed. They don't know each other. And it's growing pains of getting to know each other. And something you just mentioned now, I like that they're open and honest, but I fear that they are too open and honest. (laughs) They just share all these things. I'm like, you can't word vomit and not expect the other person to react. There are certain things you can't come back from. And there are certain things you kind of just have to work through. It's just been, I feel like I've said this over and over, 10 days, guys, 10 days. (laughs) Relax. And yeah, Johnny just needs to figure himself out. This is why he kept dating around. He's not about that commitment life. So, but it's not fair to work through your problems when somebody else is the brunt of all of these excuses that you come up with all the time. I don't, I'm not with you in that this could still work out. And, you know, like I had high hopes for the two of them, but I really, like, don't get me wrong, Bauhauser issues. Johnny does not want to commit. And it's sad because I think he wants to want to commit, but he will always find something. Like, I expect, when he said, oh, I have an issue, I thought he was going to talk about bathing and I was going to be like, okay, that's good. That's something. No, no, no. We're just out of left field, something completely different. But I will, I mean, I hate to do this to you guys, but Unfiltered really was very eye-opening. Ooh. You've hyped it up. I can't (laughs) wait now. Um... The other thing I was thinking, like, man, it's such a thing. Likeability goes a long way because, honestly, what separates Johnny from Ryan right now? But I'm not going as hard on Johnny as I am on on Ryan. No, Johnny took a steep dive in my estimation this week. He's got a a hole to climb out of. 
<laughs> I don't think very fondly of him this week. The leaving, the you're like a child. I even the way he said it, it's like you really couldn't have picked a better word choice to really make her feel like shit than the one that you did. Yeah. It's what yeah, you're right. How do you come back from that? Because you're basically attacking someone's personality. Like, where do you go? I'm like, how is she supposed to ever be her true self around you ever again? <laughs> like, I just don't understand. Anyway, let's see what happens. We got this is episode seven. They got like eleven episodes to go. All right. So, who has your bouquet for the week? For the second week in a row, Merla, Merla, Merla has my bouquet. I just adore anyone who can be unapologetically themselves. And she was not going to let these men make her feel some type of way. So Merla gets my bouquet for the week. Who has yours? I did not like anybody this week. So I ended up giving it to Pastor Cal just for saying, uh, Johnny, this is your problem. In both cases. (laughs) So who had your burnt ashes? My burnt ashes go to Johnny and Michaela because I just think no matter what happens, it's too early. You do not walk out on your spouse. You're being an asshole. It's abusive to quote somebody. (laughs) And who has yours, Aid? I couldn't even like, I was so angry with so many people this week. Michaela, Pastor Cal and Gil for what they did with uh, Merla in her closet. Johnny, that's the list of people who I was not feeling this week. I'm sure if you remembered Ryan and Brett, you'd have thrown them in, but you forget about (laughs) them all the time. They'll probably, I mean, I don't like to say never, but they're unlikely to get a bouquet or burn ashes from me because every week I'll just try to forget that they're on the show. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Poor guys. All right, everybody, that is it for this week. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at AlterCallMAFS. That's A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S. Love hearing from you guys on social media. Thank you so much for your support and for listening to our show. Don't forget to subscribe where you listen to podcasts and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Don't forget that we're going to be off next week, but we will post one of our old bonus episodes, which covered Love is Blind After the Altar. Hope to see you next time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.